Welcome to the Carmen Murray Show, where we have conversations about 21st century business and culture. Together, we'll play in the customer experience sandpit, leaving no stone unturned as we address today's burning marketing issues. CMOs need to be more versatile than ever before as they abandon stale thinking, integrate data insights and technology, create seamless brand experiences, and maintain customer-centric human connections to serve and simplify their customers' lives. From the Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Everybody, welcome to the Carmen Murray Show. I am super, super excited. Today we've got Philippa Dodds in the house. She is streaming and live from Cape Town. The most Hi everyone. Hello. Um, it's so good to see you. And I'm like just looking at the background there and I'm so envious. Like I need an ocean and I need a mountain. Come to Cape Town, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mountains that I climb this side is completely different. They're virtual. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you're quite an interesting character and um, I, I actually um, discovered you recently through a LinkedIn and then I LinkedIn, saw, yeah. saw this amazing journey that you've been on so you in, in media intelligence at Meltwater you're one of the empowering entrepreneurs behind future females which I really want to touch on and then also you're a change maker. You are one of the global shapers in the community. And something that also is very important to share is that you recently completed Ironman and raised over 50,000 for charity. And it was just like this goal that you set and, and just ran with it. And um, you obviously have a lot of grit um, to make that happen. So I think the first thing I'm going to ask you is what were you thinking? Um, cool. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Um, it's great to be on the show. Um, and what an intro. Thank you for that. Um, what was I thinking? Well, um, I wanted to challenge myself. Um, I've always loved running and cycling and loved being active and um, feeling fit. Um, and I love races as well. I don't think there's a better feeling than the adrenaline rush of crossing any finish line. So I love that. And I was looking for the next challenge. Um, and then why I, you know, chose to partner it with um, this fundraising campaign is because I wanted to make, you know, do something that would make social impact too. Um, so I thought that it would make a good fit to do them both at the same time. You know, something that really resonated with me was, the segmentation that we in the business world do is like we'll say, well, not I'm not when I'm saying we, I don't mean me, um, but um, you know they say <laughs> that Generation X is lazy. Well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> um, well, I've always been a fan of um, breaking stereotypes, so if that's the stereotype of millennials and Gen X, then I'm here to break it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I totally believe that it's completely. Nonsense. I, I mean, like if I look at what you've done. So what I'm what I would like to do is maybe go back a little bit. So so let's understand why did you start running in the first place? You know, many people start running because of stress. Um, some might do it for adrenaline. Others might do it just to I, I don't know. Like for me, I don't see the fun in running. Uh, to be very honest with you. So so where did it all start? Were you always athletic as a child? Like, I mean, how, how, how did this journey begin for you? 
Um, it began when I picked up a hockey stick for the first time in grade one, so at the age of like seven. Um, and I fell in love with hockey. It's my favorite sport in the world. Um, and then after going through school and varsity, playing at um, a law school, school and club, um, made me fall in love with running. And then I took up running as a sport and entered, started entering races and started with 5Ks and 10Ks and half marathons. Um, and I just, yeah, I just absolutely love it. Like a lot of people and like a lot of my friends are like, oh, I hate running. I can't stand it. Like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, it's not, you don't have to run. Like everyone has something that they enjoy. Just find what it is that you enjoy and do a lot of that. (laughs) No, that's so, so true. I think before we even go into the preparation that goes into a race like this, I think we need to almost go into the day in the life. I mean, it's not like you have a job where you just uh, tiptoe through the tulips. You know what I mean? You you <laughs> you have quite a, a serious environment. You work at Maltwater, um, and yeah. there's there's quite a lot of um, responsibility that comes um, w- working in that environment. And then you also um, have this big movement, Future Females, that you're a director of, um, that's really taking the female movement to the next level. So talk me through through those aspects of your life and, and all the things that you're currently doing there. Cool. So, I mean, I think I'm lucky in that it all kind of fits together and they all help each other. So um, I work for Canada Water and it's a super um, fast-paced, dynamic, and challenging environment, um, but also really fun. And, you know, I love the work that I do and I'm like friends with all my colleagues. So it's a good like working culture and a really good place to work as well. And then Future Females has been this like side passion of mine for so long. And the team that I'm working with, they are just incredible. And um, so we have our different chapters and like this global network that's been created with all the global ambassadors. Um, and that's just something that I, yeah, I focus on after work hours um, and just really enjoys like doing both of them at the same time. And I'm lucky enough that I love the work that I do um, and I'm passionate about marketing at Meltwater and building this community of women and future females. Um, a day in the life. So, yeah, I'm at work in the Meltwater office in Cape Town and we have a weekly future females meeting which usually runs for like an hour or two and we can cover everything or anything from like strategy or um, chapter development or marketing or whatever it is that we're focusing on. And then I have a Global Shapers meeting once a week, which we host on Saturdays because everyone in the Global Shapers team is also working full-time. And then training has kind of fitted in in between either early morning or uh, late evening. So now you decide to take on Ironman. Okay, so how many hours a day do you need to train for that? Sorry, before before you answer that, yeah. tell people what the Ironman is about because I don't think everybody knows what the whole process is. It's not like you're just doing a little race, right? So maybe <laughs> take us through that and then go into the training. Okay, cool. So Ironman 70.3 is a 1.9-kilometer swim, then a 90-kilometer cycle, and then a 21-kilometer run, so half marathon. Okay, so how does the training work? Um, how long do you have to start um, in advance to prepare for this after this crazy day of yours? I've kind of always just been running and it's something that I've has always just fitted into my schedule because I enjoy doing it. It's like my therapy after a long day of work. Um, <laughs> and cycling too, like I really enjoy it. And it was in my schedule already. 
So all I had to do really was after I registered for Ironman in January was to kind of pick up the training a little bit. And I did that monthly. So every month that went past, I just picked it up a little and made training more intense rather than um, more hours. So I'd like run steeper hills instead of running for two hours on flat, just to kind of like save time and make sure that I could still like fit everything in. Yeah. <laughs> for you, it just seems like it's such a natural thing. I'm like, I'm just trying to think in my mind, like, um, so, so maybe let me, um, paint the, <laughs> the perspective. No, so, I mean, so the one thing that actually isn't natural to me at all is swimming. So that was really, that was like a really big challenge for me. I don't like swimming at all. So that was like actually, yeah, the main, the two main challenges of, of doing Ironman for me was swimming and swimming training and getting into the ocean and doing it. And also the endurance of it and, and like going for so many hours, but the swimming was definitely, um, a challenge and I yeah I would just procrastinate swimming training like as much as I could <laughs> <laughs> I would do exactly the same if you don't find me at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> but um let's let's talk about this so you're a young lady you're very very ambitious and you know you you really go out there to to give it your all and give it your best talk to me about this thing about ambition for you, why is it so important in the day in the life that we live in to apply this wholeheartedly in your life? The thing about ambition is that we, we don't want to express our ambitious goals. Mm. So a lot of people are ambitious, but it's almost like deep down and a lot of people are scared to act on their ambition or talk about their ambition or talk about, or tell anyone about this goal that they have is a thing that they actually really do want to do one day. And like, I saw that in me when I registered for the race and was trying to kind of like keep it a secret and didn't want to tell anyone that I'd registered and that I, I challenged for myself. Um, and as soon as I did start telling people my kind of the thought of giving up became like much less of an option because I had told people and was now I was out in the open and I was being held accountable and people were now asking me how my training was going. So the thing about ambition is that you, you want to keep it to yourself, mm. but that's like an easy way out. And the more people that you talk to about the goals or the things that you want to achieve, first of all, the more chances of you achieving them. Um, and second of all, um, yeah, well, actually just that. <laughs> I, I think what you're saying is so true. It's like when you truly commit to something, you, it's almost like you don't want to fail um, everybody believing in you and achieving that. I mean, sometimes I will just yeah. like wake up in the morning and I would set the most craziest goal and then I'm like, what on earth was I thinking? Like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's but it's so it's such an important thing that you just touched on because when we set goals for ourselves, and it's not just in, in, in Ironman, I think it's in life and with our career goals and with our personal dreams that we want to achieve, sometimes when you when you set those goals and you share it with people, people will always have something negative to say. And some people will break it down. Ah, don't do it. You, you're crazy. Like, I mean, I just opened yeah. the show with that, but I didn't mean it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a negative way. But, but do, do you of hear course. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I had lots of people saying that they didn't think that I would do it. <laughs> the, the thing that I found intriguing was that you were not boasting about it. Um, I only found <laughs> out that you did the race after afterwards, and I didn't see the journey going 
towards that. So, so you know, how 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 was like the, the entire journey for you? Did you document it? How did you get people actually to buy into into getting raising funds? Because I must say to you, this is something that I've noticed, and I've seen quite a lot of people. They refuse to back up. Um, people that want to go and climb a mountain or do a race and um, fund that, that as that they don't feel that that's the right way to approach funding for charities and so forth. So how, how did you get people involved in this journey? That's, I think, also why the journey is such an important thing to talk about. And like the reason that I wrote this article, because everyone sees the picture of me crossing the finish line on Instagram with my hands in the air and looking great and I'm smiling and it's all like amazing. This like no one sees what goes into it, mm. um, which is why I wrote the article just to express that you know it's not easy at all. You have to be dedicated, you have to be committed, um, and you have to have like so many different things motivating you. Even just one thing isn't enough to motivate you and um, to do something tough. Yeah, by all means, like do do the tough thing and like tell people about it, but don't be afraid to tell people about the real journey too. Totally. You chose um, the, the charity, uh, the Rape Crisis uh, Charity, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, very crisis. To yeah. raise, yeah, yes, to raise funds. Is there any particular reason why you, you chose this charity? Yes, I've always wanted to make a change. I've wanted to make an impact in my community, um, which is Cape Town, and I've never known how to do it. I'm also like wildly passionate about women empowerment, and I want to do what I can in everything I do to change that and to empower women around me. And I think that rape and sexual abuse is without a doubt one of the biggest causes of disempowerment of women and is such a prevalent issue in South Africa. That's why I chose Rape Crisis. They are doing incredible, incredible work in our communities. Um, There's a rape crisis based in every major city in South Africa and they are really doing amazing work by counseling survivors, um, helping them through court cases, imprisoning criminals and really like making the change. So it made complete sense that that would be the charity that I choose to support. And yeah, they need the funds. So if I could get any amount of donations, and I kept saying like, it doesn't matter how small it is, like just donate, donate, because they, they need that to keep making the change that they, that they want to be. I think it's so empowering. And also just to link it back to, to future females. So I'm pretty sure I think one out of three women um, have an incident of, of sexual abuse, um, being raped. Um, it, it, it's the reality of our times. I think for, for many years we thought it didn't exist. And just because we didn't speak about it doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. You know, I think it's so important in, in, in order to empower women is also to make women feel you know what, it's okay to talk about it and give you a little bit of perspective and why it really got me that you actually specifically raised money for this fund is because I personally have had my incidents and journeys that has happened with me in my life and I'm now officially 40. So in my time and age, I'm only dealing with those things now, the emotions and the things. So it's a journey that you go through in life, but I think it's so important for people to to make it acceptable and to support these kind of causes because it's it's not a simple like, oh, let's just like scrape from the surface because it's years and years of years um, I don't know if you saw that recent campaign by Joe Public. It's not just a life sentence for men, but it's a life sentence for the person or the victim that has gone through that. So yeah, for sure. in the future females, like, you know, you've got women that are in leadership and, and so forth. Were they backing you up and did the, that community come together for you? 
Yeah, and so, like, first of all, uh, on that point, yeah, it's so important to talk about it and to have rape or sexual abuse or sexual violence as not taboo in South Africa anymore. Like, we need to talk about it and we need to figure out ways that we can stop the issue and help empower survivors. So I think that's, like, super important. And then at Future Females, this is another way, I mean, there's so many ways to empower people and entrepreneurship or business building is one of them. So that's what we focus on at Future Females. And we have the Future Females Business School, which we, um, it's a three-month virtual incubator that women entrepreneurs go through from day one with just an idea and they come out of it with a profitable and scalable business. So um, that's how we're empowering um, female entrepreneurs around the world. And, you know, with that, then women are, there's more business owners that are female. Uh, women are more financially independent and, you know, economies rise because of that. That's where the motivation for that came from. Also, just to from from a future female perspective, something that's so important is the mind, body, and soul in order to achieve mm. the success in your in your career and you know your entrepreneurial journey. So I think what you guys are doing is is so important. But that foundations of your wealth, your health, your relationships, those kind of things really yeah. play an important role in in your career really taking off and having it balanced. Yes, absolutely. So let's uh, quickly chat about what life threw at you um, during during the preparation of this race. Because I mean, like, you know, life happens where, while you're planning other things, right? Life is always crazy, but I love it that way. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love being busy. I love working. <laughs> I love working hard. And, and obviously love like new challenges. So like in the couple of months um, leading up to Ironman, so it was in June and I had registered in, in Jan. And in those like five or six months, I was promoted at work, which was amazing. But my like workload doubled overnight. Um, and suddenly I had responsibility and like so much, so much more work. So like life was really crazy trying to fit all of that in without the training and without the fundraising. And then also fundraising is, like much more stressful than people think. Oh, um, yeah. There were times where I wasn't getting any donations for days, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like this isn't working. What have I done? <laughs> um, this is embarrassing." And then you know, there's other days where they just flood in, and people are so so generous and so amazing. So it's crazy, and it's like up and down. Um, but I suppose that's life, and I love it. <laughs> oh, but that's the the beautiful thing about how people come together. Hey, like that whole humanity thing. I think it's so amazing how people can just. Um, stand behind a cause but it's not just rooting for yeah. you but for what you stand for and I think it's that's what oh so, yeah. it's so incredible like at 25 years you're a quarter of a century like really. <laughs> but I mean like to at this young age to be so driven and to to be very purpose-driven it's incredible and and I think it's a, such an important lesson for um, younger generations um, to be an example um, as the youth um, for those um, younger generations and for us as adults because holy crap I would never <laughs> do the Iron Man like um, maybe other things but not that um, but <laughs> but I think it's, it's it's incredible to have seen um, you go through this journey um, how are you how, how are you leveraging this to try and get um, the youth more aware of um, digging deep and finding their, their their place in society and getting out there and to you know I'm, I'm you, you're probably a role model model to all of them so I'm sharing my story and you know maybe like one person reads it and goes oh cool like that's something I want to do one day then then that's great or maybe someone reads it who has always wanted to start a fundraising campaign but is 
too scared to because it is quite scary. Then you know, if I haven't if I haven't inspired one person, then like that, that's amazing. But yeah, like as I said, I wrote the article and um, I'm putting it like all over my social media, sharing my story as much as I can to try and get as many people as possible to start fundraising campaigns or finish the race that they've always wanted to do and didn't think they could. What? are the lessons that you've learned in fundraising? Like, what can you share with those people out there that want to try an initiative like this to try and raise funds? What, how would you do things differently? Yeah, it's much more stressful than it seems. <laughs> um, and I think the, the key thing with fundraising is that so a lot of the time I felt um, almost like shy to ask people to donate. But you have to realize that you're not doing it for yourself. You're not asking them to give you money. You're asking them to give this amazing cause that you fully believe in that is changing society money. You have to like really back the cause that you choose and be able to support it so much that you can ask people to donate it and that you don't mind putting it all over your social media channels. And that even when people come back and say things like, oh, I don't want to donate to raise prices because it has the word raise in the title. So ridiculous. Um, really? Yeah, but also, again, about talking about it and not making race taboo. That's another reason why why I went to that charity. But yeah, you just have to like really back yourself and back what you're doing and know that it's for the for the better of society and it's bigger than yourself. And lessons learned of how you can apply this in your career and your day to day life, like this whole journey from preparing for Iron Man, life throwing itself or throwing you in the tumble dry and squashing you around. <laughs> um, yeah. What are the lessons of tenacity and resilience and grit that you would like to impart to the audience? I think, first of all, like, don't be scared of putting in the graft. It's going to take hard work. In business, it takes hard work. Building a business takes hard work. Climbing the corporate ladder takes hard work. And training for Ironman and fundraising does too. So don't be afraid of that. And yeah, make sure that you're putting your all into it and doing something that you're really passionate about. For example, it wouldn't have made sense for me to have chosen an MPO that is, I don't know, doing anything other than this, really, because it's what I'm so passionate about, specifically sexual violence and women empowerment. So do what makes sense for you and then give it horns. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you're ready for this, but in tradition, we play a little game and I'm going to ask you Ooh. questions and you have to answer them as quickly as you possibly can. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and they are nothing related to the Iron Man. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. On your marks, get set, go. If you had to pick a new name for yourself, what name would you pick? Um, Isabella. Okay. If you could make a rule for a day and everyone had to follow it, what would it be? To give me chocolate. Okay. If you had the power to shrink anything and take it with you, what would you do with it? I would shrink, um, I don't know, an aeroplane that I can put in my pocket and then blow it up later and fly somewhere. <laughs> oh, would you rather be a hobbit or an elf for 24 hours? Uh, else. I don't know. If you could have an unlimited story storage of one thing, what would it be? Chocolate. <laughs> After you survive the apocalypse, what will your job be? Artist. What kind of cult would you start? Um, a female domination one. <laughs> would you? Ra- oh, would you rather always say everything on your mind or never speak again? Everything on my mind. 
Uh-huh. Okay. So you've done well. You've done eight out of ten. So in tradition, I have to ask you the other questions because I'm sure the audience would know what okay. you want to have to say. Would you rather eat raw egg for the rest of your life or sleep in a bathtub filled with egg yolk? Ew. Um, <laughs> I sleep in the bathtub because I can't eat that for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, are you accepting applications for boyfriends? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, fantastic. You are a great sport. Mind the pun. <laughs> um, I just want to wish you all the best with your endeavors and watching you grow and soar and keep on inspiring people out there and do, doing the great job at your age, doing the things that you've been doing. You've really caught my attention and um, I just want to wish you all the best and keep me Thank posted. You. All right. Thank you so much, Norman. You're welcome. Have a good day in your city. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. Please take a moment to rate and share this episode with friends and colleagues who love customer experience and marketing just as much as you do. To connect with Carmen, visit CarmenMurray.com where you will find links to her business services, future fit events, and biz community articles. Carmen Murray is CEO of Uya Modern Marketing Services that empower businesses to deliver premium customer experiences, B2B, B2C, and B2B2C across all industries. Some of these services include research, CX strategy, persona development and customer journey mapping, CX audits, UX audits, and the connected marketer training in connected customer experiences, mobile, data management, and AI. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.